Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Toogie's Take podcast. Of course, as always, brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. We, you normally save the best for last. We, we hit you with the important stuff right off the top of the show. Of course, our lovely partners at Manscaped. You can use code Toogie at that particular website, that fantastic website, for 20% off your order free. Worldwide shipping. Does not matter where you are. They make the promise it's worldwide. Do what you gotta do. Check out our friends at Manscaped for the fantastic Lawnmower 4.0 and all the other tools that you need to take care of yourself, get you to where you need to be, where you should be. Have some pride by using code to get manscaped.com. With that said, again, welcome back to another episode. I am here alongside one Mr. Endo Mills. Hi, the Russian lady just got home and she's interrupting me for a second. <laughs> and of course... For, for context, for context, that's my girlfriend Polina, the Russian one. Our California connection is here as well, Mr. Sin for the win. Sinski, how are ya? I'm doing fantastic. Happy to be back for another podcast, man. A lot to talk about in the uh, NHL land, so I'm excited to get to it. Absolutely. So again, now we had a show not all that long ago. Uh, but hey, we're trying to stick to the normal schedule here for all of a day. We'll see what happens next week as well. It might be a show on Monday as opposed to Tuesday or Wednesday. So hey, stick with us. Make sure you're subscribed on the YouTube side of things. Follow in the feeds as well everywhere else. We're going to get right down to business today. We got some viewer questions. Some more of the learning about Sin and Endo side of things. As again, they are on board with us here at this point in time, at this stage, the... I, I don't know. We got to think of some dumb nickname. I don't know. We'll think of something. <laughs> Let's get to some of these questions, damn it. We start off first with Brandon. And I'm, I'm a big fan of this particular question. Thoughts on the salary cap ceiling affecting teams like the Maple Leafs when players get injured? Is it their fault or should they leave some sort of leeway? Yeah, maybe don't sign three guys to over $10 million, and uh, you'll be okay. There you go. <laughs> and yeah, that's pretty simple. That's pretty simple. Um, uh, you spend the money. You got you to gotta deal with it. Uh, we, didn't, we forgot to touch on last week about the Maple Leafs signing uh, Alex Bishop, a goaltender for the University of Toronto Blues, to a amateur tryout because of cap situations because they couldn't call up. Um, I think it was. They couldn't call up. It was Hutch, crap, wasn't it? We, yeah. No, it was. Um, they couldn't call up Hutchinson. They couldn't call up Hutchinson because he's somehow still in the in the in the system. I I completely forgot because uh, they traded him away and they picked him up in the off season. Um, yeah, they they signed they signed him to an amateur tryout. Nothing really happened that game. I think they won that game though. So, yeah, good good on Alex. Uh, but I think. It is up to a team. If a team wants to leave like a couple mil uh, in there just so that way they have the off chance of if they have to pick up a guy, they can do that. It all depends on how they want to run their stuff. If the Leafs clearly have shown they want to spend up to the cap and they literally did spend up to the cap, but you can see there's clearly consequences for that. Yeah, this isn't a surprise. I don't know why teams are acting surprised. It's like when Congress sets a budget deficit and then act shocked when they go over that or something weird like that, not to, not to you know, get political, but it's so weird. It's like, you know, what's there. You are aware of the cap situation. You spent the money. Why, when this stuff happens, do you act surprised? Like you knew it was a possibility. 
it shouldn't really be a surprise to you. Maybe, yeah, maybe we need, you know, a softer cap or something like that. Um, but, I mean, if this is only becoming an issue now, all of a sudden, Toronto, it happens to Toronto, and now it's got to be this freaking league-wide issue. We got to talk about it. Oh, do we need a rule change? And I'm on the side of, you know what, you spent all that money. Other teams got to deal with the same thing. You got players getting injured. This is why depth is important. And yeah, I again, it's it, it bugs me that it has to happen to one of these like major market teams to actually care. Like no one's talking about Colorado who is in the yep. same exact situation. Mm-hmm. It's just Toronto. So it's that's what bugs me. It's it's very It's like are you really complaining about the rule or are you complaining because it's happening to your team? And that's uh that's my only issue with it. But yeah, it's like, why are you acting surprised? You knew this wasn't place and you spent the money. This is what happens when you sign David Kampf to a $1.5 million uh, deal. You know, 1.5 yeah, against the cap for David Kampf, <laughs> Kampf, whatever it is. Andre Mike. Kosh is at one two five. Like, man, they they dug their own they dug their own hole on this one, and now they get to deal with it. So, do they not have an accountant? Like. Do you not realize? Oh, whoops! Are they just literally just throwing money away? I, I'll take it. Those asking prices by 0.85. Bunch oh. of noobs. <laughs> there you go. I'll take it. Honestly, like it's really funny as I say that there was um, the Leafs actually had a position. They were looking for like I want to say a diversity hire, but clearly a diversity hire. It was you don't need to know. You don't need to play hockey before. We need you in the thing to like diversify their their head office. Like an in- it was kind of like an internship. It was gonna pay like. A ridiculous amount of money uh, and i'm not salty that i didn't get accepted not at all uh doofus i'm coming for you uh but yeah <laughs> we'll move on to our next question here this one comes from tyler what team has an awful slash bad jersey slash logo uh awful slash bad jersey slash logo all right tyler uh thanks tyler. basically what team should rebrand in your opinion it doesn't have to be the nfl and the answer is the houston texans the end <laughs> The Houston Texans have a horrible setup, let's be honest. Yeah, um, it looks terrible. For you guys, again, I guess it doesn't have to be hockey-related. The team that you think is in desperate okay. need of a rebrand. I thought he wanted it to be hockey-related and said it doesn't have to be in the NHL. Um, so, oh, Well, if it's hockey-related, then I mean the Ducks' <laughs> current look isn't awful. But mm-hmm. switch back to the Mighty Ducks look full-time. Yeah, they yeah. definitely regressed. Um, for me, it's here's the thing. I want the Wild to do a hell of a lot more. Um, they have an awesome logo with a lot of cool stuff in it, and I don't feel like they're capitalizing on that properly. Um, they went with some throwback jersey, and it looks absolutely god awful. Yep. Um, <laughs> like, yep, that's it. You not, have, a, not a fan what? of the upcoming Winter Classic jersey? Absolutely not. What is that? It's It looks atrocious. I don't care if you want to pay homage to the old, you know, you can do these things with modernizing it. What is everyone's obsession with what happened freaking so long ago? Like, we got to create new stuff, man. We have like, to please the boomers. All the good. It was good back then when you could hip check a guy in the throat. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> impressive to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Throw that ass back in the throat. Let's go. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I, I agree in the way that Minnesota leaves some stuff on the table in terms of. Uh, yeah. In terms of their look, I, I don't know how I still feel about like their current home jersey, which is like the the half stripe. It's not like full Montreal, but it's close enough to yeah. where you're like, mm, I don't know about that. I but, love their off white. I don't feel like they're utilizing that off white properly. Oh yeah, the off white's beautiful. They did with. Um, I actually have the jersey next to me, but they had like their old alternate 
uh, yes. prior to 2017, yeah. which was just this really nice green with that off-white color. It looked really good. It's the mm-hmm. one wild jersey I still own. So yeah. it's one of my favorites. Endo, do you have a shout? Um, I want the Leafs to do something ridiculous with their with their uniform. I want them to go like I think my favorite team Canada jersey is the Summit series where it was like the half leaf and like the Canada. And I'm looking at the this franchise thing. Do something innovative. Do something creative. Like make that the leaf jersey. Just put Toronto on there with the with the leaf design. It's perfect. It, it, like it's it's that's if you guys get another series where you go stadium, that should be your jersey. Right there. I just gave it to you right there. Come on. Welcome to the Shitting on Toronto podcast. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's been a rough start for Leafs fans. Starring Uh, a Leafs fan. Oh, God. We'll move on uh, to our next question here. I'm actually, uh, yeah, no, we'll move on to our next question here. It's from Cameron Cole. And this is a real find out about the boys type of question. How often do you floss? Not enough. I think that's most people's answer. <laughs> yeah, definitely not enough. I wish I was like my girlfriend who does it every single night. She is a goddamn beast. I need to hang out with her more so she'll make me floss and stuff. <laughs> yeah, not enough. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Just not enough. <laughs> Endo, how's your dental hygiene? I'm flossing right now. Shut oh up, you God. millennial. It's not Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> I don't floss my teeth. I'm going to be... Trade up honest with you. I have I am gifted with great teeth. Sorry, Tugi. By so my you don't take uh, care of them. Good. Oh, yeah, I take right? care of them. I, <laughs> you know what? You know what? I will. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna sit here and be sad. You Fair know what? Enough. I, I actually, got good teeth, bitch. Fuck you. There you go. I actually <laughs> floss like a son of a bitch. <laughs> Shout out to the. They're called plackers, man, and they're just these little <laughs> goddamn things with a bit of floss. There's a toothpick at the end of it. Oh, oh yeah, plackers. Oh, those things are awesome. If they're if they're out God. there, if someone's listening, I, I will gladly, mm. gladly promote your product full time. Like they're like they're like the small little things, and it has like the a little small little tiny, um, like a small piece. It's like a plastic. It's a yeah, yes. a little hook. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, and it ends like a toothpick kind of. Yep, okay, yep, yeah. That's, that's what I described it as. <laughs> the, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay, you know what? I've had a long day. I had a two-hour skate. I'm exhausted. Oh, God. Well, speaking of exhausted, this next question's from Red's Rebel. What is your longest survival time in hardcore Minecraft? <laughs> I have played Minecraft three times in my life. And there was one occasion of playing it on stream for like an hour and a half. And that was it. And I don't even remember if that was hardcore Minecraft. So maybe <laughs> maybe one of these days uh, we'll get all the, the friends of the channel together. And we'll have one of those good old fashioned, you know, races to the finish to say, hey, as a unit, we got to beat the Ender Dragon. And if you're dead, you're dead. We'll go with We're one of those. Minecraft shout out, streamers. Shout out to Let's Play. We'll have to um, we'll have to do that someday with all the boys and see if we can all make it more than five minutes. Oh my god, we're gonna be Minecraft streamers. I mean, do, do I get do I get not? to be Dream and just wear a mask? Uh, <laughs> I think we'd all prefer that. 
Now I can take right, two roads. I can take on live podcast. More at eleven. <laughs> you see, here's the thing. I could go Got two you. roads with that. I could say, "Oh, that's funny," or I could go the other route. What's the other route? Racism. Oh no! If I was wearing the mask, then it might be troublesome. There we on go. The mask type, yeah. Well, it depends oh. on the type of mask. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, like, I, I mean, it. it could be like a catcher's mask. Yeah. It could be a luchador. I mean, you're in California, so. <laughs> <laughs> that was my attempt to try to save that. Uh, we move <laughs> on to Z-Pops' question. What is your favorite movie? Favorite movie. And I'll tell you what mine is. It's called Renaissance Man. Starring Danny DeVito as a teacher who can't get a job because it's a 1990s New York, or excuse me, 1990s Detroit. And what does he do? He gets a job teaching the degenerates of the U.S. Army. And he has to bring them together to prove that they're not dumb. They're good, smart soldiers. Shout out to Danny DeVito. Which is how I like to say Danny DeVito. Because it just, yeah. I don't know, it just rolls better. It flows off the tongue better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, go for it. God damn. That's such a tough and impossible question for me to answer because I am a very, very large film buff and there's so many movies that are near and dear to my heart. But one of the one of the ones, I'll, I'll point, I'll say a couple, but one of the ones that is, I think, a near, near perfect movie in the fact that it has comedy elements, drama elements, some action elements, twists and turns, very very good, a lot of philosophy to it. It's called Leaves of Grass. Uh, it's an Edward Norton stars in it plays two twin brothers. Uh, one's a philosophy professor and the other one is a marijuana dealer in Oklahoma. And yes, like it's anyone out there, I'm not even going to describe the whole plot if you want to watch it and be absolutely wowed by a movie that you've probably never heard of. Go out Find yourself a copy of Leaves of Grass and watch it. You will not be disappointed. Endo. Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Tina, you the freaking hell. Tina. The freaking <laughs> Of course that's my favorite it's movie. Dinner. Like, dinner. Gosh. Good. Do you have any tater tots? <laughs> All right. It's just going to be Napoleon Dynamite quotes for the rest of the show, which better I'll break or it up worse. With Austin Powers. I'll break it up with some Austin yeah. Powers in there. There we go. I was going to say, I'm sorry, Napoleon Dynamite for me was killed in the same way that like Borat was killed, where it's just, okay, you, it's, it's overquoted, overquoted yeah. to death. It died Very for nice. me in freshman year when everyone was quoting it. God, I'm young. <laughs> yes, oh, you God. are. <laughs> no, I was I remember watching that on DVD when it first came out on DVD, so that's like a while ago. You're talking about freshman year. I'm talking about when I was like... I was, well, how old was I? Like six. Oh, I was like God. six watching it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Sin, yeah. Sin is the old man of the podcast. I literally, I don't even know how, I don't even know Endo's actually eight, actual age in numbers. I don't think I've still ever gotten it. Eight. But I, yeah. I'm, what? <laughs> no. No, not 18. What oh, the fuck? You, you I look well like I'm 18. I look like it. I pretty much act like it. Um, LeBron J, I'm 23. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not that young. That's, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway, Renaissance Man. Mark Wahlberg's okay. first film after transferring over from the Funky Bunch. Catch Mark Wahlberg in what's probably going to be a shitty movie, the Uncharted movie, which I, God, can't say I'm looking forward to that. Prove me wrong, Mac. Prove me wrong. Please. Ow. 
God, I want that. I want that. I just want it to be good. I just, I just want yep. it to be good. We'll see. Our final two questions. Our final two questions. Uh, both come from one Doug Dimmodome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmodome. Greatest sports memory of all time. The reason why I ask this one is because I have an obvious one. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, I don't know if you two do. <laughs> so I'll turn it over to Sid first. All right. For me, it was it's bittersweet looking back on it. But I was at game seven. Um, Sharks against the Blues where the Sharks. It was the Blues, right? Yeah, the Sharks clinched to go to their first ever Stanley Cup final. And it was the loudest it's ever been in the Shark Tank in my decades of going there. Um, I was overwhelmed with the feelings like of just insanity. I was there with my dad. It was, you know, special because of all of those reasons. And again, it was, you know, finally getting to witness this team make it to the Stanley Cup final, which they never had. Get to see them, you know, presented with uh the whatever the opposite of the Prince of Wales is. <laughs> Why can I only remember that? Whatever the conference final. Tra- it's it was just Clarence Campbell. Thank you. There yeah. We go. Um. Yeah, it was. That was. That's probably the best sports memory I have, and it yeah doesn't involve winning a championship. So yay. <laughs> well, Endo's might if he's a Raptors fan or a, a TFC fan. <laughs> oh my God! So a little backstory on the Raptors stuff. Um. I live, like, downtown Toronto. Like, people say downtown Toronto, but they live in, like, Scarborough. They're all lying to you because Scarborough's, like, an hour away. Uh, When they won the championship, it was an absolute riot for, like, a week straight. It was unreal, ridiculous. Um, Yeah. Aside from sports memory, like, is it, like, stuff you've done as a... It just says greatest sports? sports memory of all time, so it could be your own personal accomplishment if you want. Um, I shot a promo, uh, for, do you guys remember the old Brig Home with Stanley Cup champion, uh, adverts that went on back, back like in the 2010, 11, 12-ish? No, because we're American. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, we have the history will be made. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did a, I did a promo, uh, with, uh, it was Mark Messier, uh, Guy Carbonell and, uh, Doug Gilmore. That was probably wow. the coolest thing I ever did. Yeah. That's pretty rad. Yeah. Fair enough. That's, <laughs> that's actually, yeah. I can't top that. I mean, in terms of <laughs> in terms of personal stuff, I hit a half court shot in a high school basketball game once. That was cool. Hey. Uh, <laughs> nice. That's my Al Bundy moment right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the other question from I mean I can't pick a, a the 2011 Cup win. I mean, come on. Um, this one's good though. Because I, I'm intrigued. Because obviously, in terms of streaming on Twitch, you know, I got I got more reps under my belt, so I have more chances at experiences like this. But I'm intrigued for you two. What was the funniest yet worst troll moment in your streamer careers? It says. So like, I, I mean, just maybe like the most memorable experience with a troll while live streaming. Anything come to mind? I mean, yeah, it's. I again, it, this was actually when I my first attempt at streaming, like back in 2017, 2018. Um, it was, I don't know if you guys remember the guy who would go around named Sean Avery. Um, oh, yeah. If you ever, uh-huh. yeah, okay. So, oh, I'm yeah. Sean Avery? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I've yeah. heard of him. So I found him p- pretty funny. Apparently, no one, a lot of other people didn't, but there was this player uh, that I was going to 
well, everyone was telling me to draft. His name was like Artie Minulin. And he used to be someone that appeared in the first round of one of those first years in like NHL 17 or eight or one of those two. I'm pretty sure it was 17. And this, he kept saying he looked like a fetus and kept putting baby rage in chat. Everyone else starts putting baby rage in chat. I don't know what to do because I'm new to streaming. Uh, Pyro got in there was when he was actually modding for me as well. And this is probably why he didn't mod for me at all anymore. He was like. He was, he was like, don't, he was like, stop spamming and stuff. Like, it was, it was bizarre. I had no clue what to do. I'm like, is this, is this bad that they're spamming? I find it funny. Pyro doesn't seem to think it's funny. He's telling me, he's like, you might lose control of your channel if you let these people have their way. And I'm confused because I'm like, do I, I don't want my chat to be empty with all these. It was just a very kind of bizarre moment of, and that lasted for just weeks on end. Every time the dude would come in, he'd start spamming the baby rage and everyone <laughs> So, yeah, I don't, I don't know where he's at anymore. Oh, he's, but, uh, uh, he's lurking. He's still in, in my Discord, but he never talks in there anymore. So who knows? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm Shay. Sure, yeah, I'm Shay. Sean Avery. He lurks in like every uh, banana oh, banana league uh, Discord for NHL and just plays games there. Uh, mine would be. <laughs> I think Doogie knows where this is going. So back in May, uh, I was short funds yep. uh, for work, and I was laid off uh, for a little bit. And um, I had a subathon, <laughs> and Doogie raids me. <laughs> Doogie raids me, and the first thing some guy says to me is, "Oh my god, what was it? it was it was?" <laughs> no, I can't remember the exact story because you raided me, and you're like, "Oh my god, you're black." But the yeah, whole story so coming was, up to that was like there was a some guy, guy. Go ahead yeah. if you remember. Yeah. God, I can't even remember because it was so stupid. You, you tell the story because I can't even. I don't even remember the specifics either. But yeah, somebody was trolling you over essentially saying like I can't believe you're black or some shit like that, which is oh. someone who I would have banned immediately. <laughs> I think I don't the funniest ban trolls. I would have gotten rid of that guy immediately, and we were laughing about that. And yeah, like the next day I host you, and I'm just like, oh my god, you're black. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen you laugh so, so hard in my life. So I remember what it was because the day you ho- it was I streamed two days. Uh, I streamed that thing you hosted me, mm-hmm. and that guy's like, why did you host a black streamer? <laughs> Yeah, it was. It, it was, was from your shit. I don't even know if you could call that a troll. At that point. Like, just, that's just problematic. Yeah. Just racial confusion. Here's your great advertisement for streaming on Twitch, by the way. I bet you that person has an anime profile pic and/or is a furry. No, you know it's what us. it was. They had um, they had a little Uzi Vert uh. Like oh, profile geez, picture. Yeah. Why is it? It's always the the most racist ones are the ones with like black profiles or anime pictures. Like, yeah, like why is like? Do you well, not every see- single Twitter troll now has like that young boy picture? They just put different accessories on them and they just God. comment ratio under fucking everything. I don't get it, but <laughs> I'm not old man shouting at the clouds yet, so I don't get angry at it. It's sometimes it's funny and. I don't know. Most of them just get beat the shit anyway. So <laughs> they're just so stupid. Oh my god. Favorite troll moment for me. The problem is there. There's too many. Like there's, there's so many. There's too many. I, I know mean, one that is my favorite for you. But maybe go we'll ahead. Talk about that Share later. away. <laughs> Are you sure? It was. It was K cut. This is and this is a long. <laughs> this is a long. This has backstory and then also, um, a funny ass resolution. So mm-hmm. we were playing threes. I think it was me, you, and architect. Maybe someone else. Maybe it was. 
Yeah, I can't remember exactly. Mm. But we are just playing threes, and we go up against this team, clearly very good. And uh, and see, one of them comes in your chat afterwards, starts talking shit about how you don't have thumbs. And you and him are just going back and forth, and you're like, I don't need thumbs, bitch. I have personality and other <laughs> stuff. He's like, and then... I can't remember who it was, but someone else, I think it was a streamer, looked up his stream history and was like, yo, you tried to stream and fail. And like, he just started getting called out in chat and he kept going back and forth and talking about your playing ability. And it just went on and on for a while. Flash forward a couple years later, uh -huh. <laughs> Tugi and I cast our casting. Yeah. Guess who is on one of these esports teams? Oh that my God, no way. A man named K-Cut. So shout out oh. to him. We have to. We we get to cast his game now. He's a, and he's an, an absolutely insane defenseman. Incredible puck mover. <laughs> incredible puck carrier. Like he's he's great. Uh, it's it was just funny as hell. And during all that production guy at the time, which was um, uh, serendipity, no mm. longer our production guy, but very very heavy into the esports scene. Good guy. Um, he. <laughs> He puts the two thumb emojis <laughs> as PNGs onto the screen because we kept referencing how good his thumbs are. I don't think anyone got the fucking joke except for Tugi and I, who are trying our best to keep it together. I think K-Cut got it down the road, too. He was, you know, good sport about it yeah. as well. And we understand. We're not going to compete with guys like this. That's why we're casters. Um, <laughs> but it was just... God damn! Like it was that's such like how was, do you you can't make that up? It was like going perfect, from tr the perfect, perfect moment of turning a troll around onto yeah. somebody else and becoming exactly. the troll. Oh my, oh my god! god. I'm, I'm the captain now, oh, dude. <laughs> like I said, there have been so many good trolling <sighs> moments like over the years because I often don't ban trolls. I just let them do what they're gonna do. Uh, because why not? I think that's a lot. You know, I mean, there's obviously a line that can be crossed, but for a lot of streamers, uh, my advice is don't let trolls get to you. Because at the end of the day, uh, anybody typing in your chat is actually beneficial to you. Yeah. So it. Yeah. Th th there's really nothing they can do to hurt you unless you allow them to do that. If they obviously cross the line, then yeah, boot them. But um, yeah, I think out of all the. God, I mean, how many times have I ended up with someone in my chat? Shout out to the shout out to the guy from Temple University. <laughs> telling what? me how telling me how shit I am and how successful he is because he goes to Temple. That's one that really <laughs> a D three school. That what reminds the fuck? Me of that freaking uh, Will so Ferrell's Saturday Night Live skit where he's just like, I drive a Dodge Stratus. I work for this family. <laughs> You're nothing, you loathe. Oh, God, I love the trolls, especially all those. It's not streaming related, but to those on the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning videos uh, that continue oh to troll. God. Oh, oh God. God. So, yeah, good stuff. Thank you for bringing up that story. Shout out to K-Cut. He is a fantastic, uh, fantastic competitive NHL player. Whew. Oh, God, Demodome, great questions. Uh, and again, everybody, mm -hmm. thank you for your questions, especially on a show like today where we might not have as much to talk about. Again, uh, on Twitter, at Tukey24, always put up a thread uh, asking for questions before we record and up on Discord as well. You can find the links to that uh, on Twitter, on my Twitch page, in the YouTube description, on every video. Uh, very easy to find our Discord link as well. With that, we'll move into talking about uh, the hockey that's happened really over the past two nights, right? Like, we recorded Wednesday afternoon. It's Friday afternoon now, so we don't have a ton to talk about. And really, the only story to mention, aside from what's happened in the games, was the news that came out earlier this afternoon, 
where Sidney Crosby was interviewed, uh, stating that there's really no timetable uh, for his return to the team yet, uh, but there was a really interesting tidbit that he mentioned about this wrist injury. Crosby said the injury has bothered him since March 23rd of 2014. New York Rangers forward Ryan Reeves, then with the St. Louis Blues, caught him in the wrist. Crosby said, and I quote, First time I ever did, I ever injured it was seven years ago. Reeves got a hold of me pretty good at home here after the Olympics. It was something that I kind of had to manage since then. I was able to avoid having to really do any surgeries or anything like that until last year. It was something I always was able to manage somehow in the summer. You are talking about a first ballot Hall of Famer general hockey player who has admitted to being injured. For seven years straight with a wrist injury in hockey. And during that time, didn't he win the Maurice Richard? And two Stanley Cups. <laughs> Jesus. Like, it's a legend. If we, I feel like we've been robbed of a lot of Sidney Crosby with between the concussion issues, him not being protected during that awkward transition period between old or the last generation of hockey mm-hmm. and this, you know, new yeah. era. I, I really feel like we've been robbed of some of what Sidney Crosby could have brought to the table. And he, God damn, he's so good. He just so admitted good. to not being 100% from age 27 to 34. And he was still as good as he is. And one of the best players of all time in that time, that is ridiculous. 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 Like, I can see him. His name's already in the hall for me after after saying that. Are you, are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. I yeah. hear McGuire is absolutely stroking himself <laughs> right now. He's just, oh, Sandy Crosby. So good. Oh, God, dude. I don't, in know. I don't, I don't listen to him enough to do an impression. Oh, <laughs> so, that was, he had won the gold with Canada in 2014. Yeah. That year, I mean, granted, it would have been from like, you know, he got hurt in March, he said, and obviously the yep. season would have ended a couple weeks later. But he won the Ted Lindsay and the Hart Trophy and the Art Ross Trophy that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What did he do? Yeah, the Stanley Cup and, of course, the Conn Smythe in 2016. Uh, 2017, yep. another Conn Smythe and another Stanley Cup, of course, and the Rocket Richard Trophy in 16-17. That's wild. Absolutely With ridiculous. a wrist injury. That's With stupid. a wrist injury. I won two cups hear with that, a broken Austin wrist. Matthews? Yeah, Austin, what's your excuse, buddy? <laughs> Get it together. He needs to get some fucking Rogaine for his receding it's hairline. It's been too long since we dunked on a Canadian team, had to bring him back. God, yeah. Oh, we, we're dunking on another one today, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> well, with that, we can sit here and talk about some of the games that happened then over the past uh, two nights here. Again, it'll be a shorter show today, but it's all well and good. Uh, Wednesday night, there were only two games. Uh, I'll, I'll briefly talk about the first because it's sad. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers beat the Boston Bruins 6-3. to um, yeah, not the, not the best game in the world. Like Taylor Hall and Brad Marchand both had good goals, but I mean, for the Flyers, like Cam Atkinson's looking great so far for Philly had two goals in that game. And it was, uh, easily the worst game that Jeremy Swayman has played uh, in the NHL so far, which isn't this gigantic concern for me. I mean, you're talking about a guy who is 22 years old. And prior to this, had 12 games of NHL experience. Yeah. So it was his 13th game in the NHL. 
lucky number 13. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's not like not every game is going to be outrageous. My my confidence in him isn't shaken, but yeah, he he had a bad game. And uh as Sin you, you joked about with me yesterday in the middle of our EASHL uh, pain experience. Um, it was only exacerbated by the fact that you mentioned that Martin Jones was the winning goaltender in that game, despite it being, <laughs> I believe it's, yeah, 63 scoreline. So, yeah. yeah, less less than ideal. I mean, the Bruins are the Bruins have still only played two games, as outrageous yeah. as that is. I think they played Buffalo insane, tonight, yeah. uh, and that was only the Flyers' third game. And then you have some teams that have played five or six games already. It's... It's just stupid. There's just so much. But uh, and as well, uh, St. Louis moved to three and zero. They beat the Vegas Golden Knights three to one. The Knights, uh, you know, not the hottest start for them either. But yeah, there wasn't too much to talk about on Wednesday. Uh, we can move on to Thursday where it gets a little bit more interesting. Unless you guys had anything to add? Nope. Ah, I'm just saying it's it's week one. They played two games. You can't you cannot base anything off of that. Like, I know the Blues and the Knights game. Hey, I had my both both uh I had Laner and Bennington on my fantasy team. I'm like, all right, well at least one of them's getting a win. Hopefully, it's like a two to one game. <laughs> it was close. <laughs> Three one, they're not bad. Yeah. And then we'll move to Thursday, and we'll start off with really. Uh, I mean, it's the main event of this podcast and the circus yeah, that has gone on here. Lol Habs. Lol Habs. <laughs> <laughs> The can Car- we see you, Tree? God, the Carolina this. Hurricanes moved to 3-0 as they beat the Montreal Canadiens 4-1 in Montreal. The Habs are now 0-5 on the season. This was highlighted for the Hurricanes by two goals from Sebastian Ajo. And of course, more importantly, the first goal as a Carolina Hurricane from one Jesperi Kakaniemi who was booed for the entirety of the game, only to, of course, score against the Habs. Endo, you look uh, perplexed. Uh, what's your take on them booing Kotkaniemi? I mean, I'm not saying none of us, I'll speak for all three of us, none of us are going to be, and were surprised, that he was booed. But it is goddamn hilarious when your team's 0-4, you boo a guy who got offer-sheeted, and then he scores against you. That is hilarious. Down bad. Don't boo KK. Boo your manager for not wanting to fuck up the money and taking the picks instead. That's all. That's the way I see it. Granted, it was a massive overpayment, but this was basically more of a like. How do I describe it? It was more of a hey, you tried to do this to our guy, we're gonna do it to your guy kind of thing. And wasn't it? Tr- didn't like later on they basically revealed that we would have paid Aho more money than what they what they got him for or whatever. I can't believe there was something like that. There was I, some, I don't trust anything the Kane's owner management says because they're so fucking full of shit. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. oh, we can't pay Ned. Uh, Nedelkovich was asking for five mil. Oh, so he signs for three million in Detroit? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, here's here's my, my take on this. and it, It's kind of been, um, I, I, I don't want to say solidified for lack of a better term, but I find these to be two of the more unlikable teams with two of yeah. the more unlikable ownership groups in the NHL. Uh, mm-hmm. Montreal, for example. I mean, number one, hey, I'm not going to sit here and blame Habs fans for uh, being excited about their team that just went to the Stanley Cup final. Circumstances might be the circumstances of the road to get there, but at the end of the day, they just made it to a Stanley Cup final. It is hilarious, though, when... You know, I mean, th- th- there's some examples of trying to, 
you know, claim that they're the underdogs in terms of, like, how the fan base's attitude appears to be. Uh, but then, you know, the, the booing of Cock in the Emmy. You go from hyping this kid up to saying, ah, he's trash anyway. Uh, and then, obviously, the Habs had a very interesting offseason, particularly around the draft. We won't get into that again. And then you have the Hurricanes, who, again, not particularly likable. So it's essentially like you have the two most annoying kids in your classroom just going back and forth. And it's not like it's it's an entertaining at, to a point tire fire to look at. But then eventually you're just like, okay, we when's one's enough enough. Just go go yeah, sit. Eventually in the corner. you don't want to breathe the toxic fumes and you just have to get away from it and you hope that everyone just uh falls down and knocks each other out. I don't know. It's yeah, it's God, it's it's you know, like I said, it's the entertainment value at first, but then eventually, especially on the Kane side of things, there at that point you're just like, okay, you just you want this media attention. You're that small market, bunch of jerks was cute, and now at this point you're just trying to capture that lightning in a bottle again and again and again, and you're actually, you know, you, you can't. I mean, kudos to their PR department to continue to just try to spin, you know, what they're doing into positive light, but I mean the signing of you know who and their pursuit of another you know who with terrible terrible um, allegations against him um it's quite clear that you are one of those that's why i don't like the ownership group they don't want to pony up you know they're scared to spend money in certain locations they know they could get some to a a team-friendly deal he plays good on the ice who but and damn everything else that yeah i don't i don't like that kind of mentality i do agree that the Hurricanes rightfully grabbed onto the bunch of jerks thing. And yeah, at this point, good. it has been stretched very, oh, yeah. very, very, very thin. And it's it's gotten old. That said, is it hilarious that they created a website called didthehabslose.com where <laughs> t-shirts were for sale using checkout code WE. Yes. yes. Hilarious. Is it even more hilarious that Habs fans hacked the website <laughs> and changed it to refer to how much they hate the Carolina Hurricanes? And literally, right now, you go to it now, and it's just Carolina Hurricanes suck. So with a stock image with the watermark on it. And that is the most shit post thing I've seen. I, I dig that. So kudos. But yeah, again, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is one of the more intense rivalries at this point between these two teams. But yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, obviously, I'm not uh, the biggest fan of the Habs in the first place. And for the Hurricanes, you know, it, it's cute. But, you know, you also look at their lack of success over the past couple of years and uh, some of the decisions that they've made. And yeah, it's just like, OK, it's getting it's getting a bit old from both of you. At least Carolina's still a good team. But, yeah, and then you have Montreal, which um, this is the first time since 1995 that the Habs have gone without a point in their first five games of a season. Uh, Again, I talked about them already trying to change the narrative uh, with Cockney-Emmy. They're also trying to change the narrative now because I seem to recall that uh, even when it was announced that Shea Weber would be out, which, hey, Mark Bergevin also said that Shea Weber's career is likely done, and we can touch on that point in a moment, I seem to recall a lot of Habs fans being very, very optimistic about their chances. And boy, if you look, granted, Twitter and Reddit, it's not, you know, the the absolute, uh, you know, viewpoint of a fan base, but 
Boy, all of a sudden, 0-5, and a lot of people seem to be okay with the idea of them tanking. What happened to those cup aspirations? It's only five games, everybody. Let's uh, have some confidence, or is it... I, I, I don't know. I don't know I don't know what to make of that fan base, to be honest. I really don't. It's only five games, but it's also only four goals. Like, <laughs> yikes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Like, ah, we'll be fine. Yeah, you could probably use a forward. You could put a, put a goal in. I mean... Code Konami has probably got more goals than half your team. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, gonna, you're right about that. that. They, they are, I got to say, the Habs fan base are one of the best fan bases I've ever seen at shifting the goalposts. And they oh seem to do it like that. And it's almost like they plan this shit out because all of a sudden, all of them are on the same page again. It's kind of impressive how there's it, there's very little polarizing views in that fan base, and all of a sudden it's like a hive mind, like the it's the freaking flood. All of a sudden they're they're here on on the ship. They're attacking the Covenant. They're attacking the Marines and the Master Chief. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's it, it's impressive to say the least. But yeah, it's uh, kind of can can be seen as obnoxious at times and they they act like nothing's wrong with with that either half the time too like yeah whatever i thought this the whole time you can't tell me i do yeah yeah it's the quebecois mentality i'm telling you it's mm -hmm. just ingrained in the culture there um i have i have friends who do live there and it's very like like canada's a melting pot and like that one whole section of quebec is just like it's like conform or whatever they basically they speak french more than english and they're putting in stuff to prevent people from speaking english in certain restaurants and everything like it's it's ridiculous and so i wouldn't be surprised if it's all like oh you have to conform to our views and uh be a part of us because we love the the tricolore les, les habitants like like it's I, I just can't. That's I can't such a do good that. Accent. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> uh, immersion for uh, like ten years will do that for you. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So Carolina, good, unlikable. Montreal, bad, unlikable. And on top of that, um, so there are two goal scorers on the Habs this season. <laughs> Tyler oh Toffoli has one. Jonathan Drouin has the other two. And those are the goal. I actually know I, I missed one. Chris Weidman has uh, the yeah, fourth was, goal. They have four. Yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, so that's uh, Dvorak, Anderson, Hoffman, Suzuki, Gallagher. I'm in cold coffee. <laughs> uh, Dvorak, have you seen him on the face-off, Doc? Oh, my God. <laughs> Speaking of cold coffee, I, I, I just want to... copium going around for a while before their 0-5. Now, all of a sudden, the tank's on. Uh, speaking of Cole Caulfield, uh, we just uh, in Tugi's Discord because uh, it's accessible. I love I love everyone in there. Thanks. We have uh, we. <laughs> it's, it's like the most. It's the oh, most like aggressive, hot, like of of takes I've seen. So we have um, or I'm I'm just gonna out them right now because it's fun. Uh, we have Sher Sharon Govich. Who's going at it with with Doug Dimodome, a lovely lovely friends of the podcast about wh whether or not Cole Caulfield is a bust. After playing like under like thirty five games in his career between the regular season and playoffs, and he's saying he's a bust, he's nothing special because he's got eight goals. Like he's still a rookie. It's also been two like five goddamn games. It's been one week. True, and what also you gotta you gotta realize the amount of pressure that's on him too. When the Habs are just been saying that he's a forty goal scorer since the day they drafted him. They're like, this guy's a 40-goal guy constantly. And I, for so, so very long, I would get so much hate 
when I would do my rosters and I'm like, I'm making them high top six. I'm sorry, guys, but that's what I'm doing. And yeah, a lot, nice. a lot of hate for that. I might, I'm, I was leaning towards, okay, this kid might be elite in the playoffs, but then here it starts. And I mean, he's got a great shot, but I mean, eventually you got to put the puck in the net too. So hopefully for their sake and his sake, the Habs figure it out or else the new scapegoat's going to have to be found eventually and they'll CC. do it quick. There you go. CC, Cole Caulfield. I mean, guys, everything will be fine when Kerry comes back. And if it's not, it's still the team's fault because they were bad before he got back. And it's fine because they were going to tank anyway the whole time. Don't worry. Don't get me started on Habits fans and Kerry Price. Yeah, let's not. Instead, let's get... No, no, Duke gets sent down to the AHL. And it's like, oh, he's, he's terrible. He's, he's back in the AHL. Oh, my God. Goes up, plays against Toronto with lights out. Oh, he's the fucking savior. Jesus Christ. Mon Dieu. Mon, my beautiful queen. Gary Price. <laughs> all right. We're going to lose yeah. a lot of Yeah, we're losing a lot of viewers here. here. It's all really good. Uh, San- Sorry, Rahil. The San Jose Sharks are 3-0 <laughs> and after beating the Ottawa Senators on Thursday night. Yes, sir. Eric Carlson swore on television. Your thoughts? Eric Carlson's a goddamn beauty, and he is 100% worth that contract. He deserves more money. Uh, but on all seriousness, if, here's the thing that I love about this game. Very sloppy game from the Sharks. They won. <laughs> that did not happen. Counterpoint. Last two years. Ottawa. Very true. <laughs> Counterpoint to that counterpoint. Ottawa GM, we're ready to start winning now. He's full of shit, but that's the narrative they're trying to create. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It uh, here's the thing that it's great for me. We have goaltending. It showed up. James Reimer. They had like a nine fifty in that game. Sharks or whatever legend the hell. back in the blue. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> back I in remember deal. that. Oh man. Oh, man. So yeah, it's it's just nice to have you know be able to ha- trust the goaltending to be able to win a two one game when you're not playing the best and to be able to have people say yeah we are trying to pull it together to have someone like Eric Carlson be the guy in a sloppy game who's playing his ass off and the best player on the ice that's what you're paying him for so yeah things are things are sort of fall in place I don't have a lot of faith about today's game against the Leafs due to the back to back and the fact that the Leafs just seem to be due for a lot of goals. So uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, they have. I saw the stat today. The Leafs have the 31st shooting percentage in the league so yeah, far this season. Yeah, they're fucking due. It's, they're due. It's going to be bad. And now, I'm, I worry for Hill. <laughs> and, and, a, and a little uh, closing segment here to talking about the Sharks there really quickly. In a segment that I, I'm still trying to come up with the name. I don't know. Sin's short pants come to mind. Um, you'll get the reference because uh, we're going to have him talk about William Eklund. Um hmm. And indeed, the pants will become a little bit shorter. Um, Sin, wax poetic about William Eklund. Oh, my goodness. (sighs) Point per game, by the way, William Eklund, point per game, rookie. Um, I still don't know if they're going to keep him around or send him back. It's I feel like for me, if I were the Sharks, I might consider doing the ELC slide. But also from the Sharks standpoint, you're going to. With all the contracts, you kind of also have to compete, so maybe you keep him up. Um, to me, it's like he's not – he he. It's, it's a lot of flashes that he has. He's not just a dominant player yet, but he has these flashes where he just is better than anyone else on the ice, and that is so exciting. He had this play, very small play that you might overlook on the stat sheet, but he 
picks up the puck in the defensive zone. He collapses, retrieves a loose puck, cuts one way, cuts back into the zone, and then cuts back yet again. The first cut, by the way, was a little mini spinorama, which is absolutely gorgeous. His Queen. edge work is incredible. Um, and then he does a little dipsy doodle with his stick, sends a soft, essentially kind of no look pass all the way across the ice through through four checkers perfectly on tape to tape to Eric Carlson, who then can do the breakout. That sort of play is something again, stat sheet wise is going to be overlooked, but is it to me, I look at that and I see the, uh, you know, a potential future difference maker and an absolute star in this league when he, he has a couple more years of development. And I, I once again, I'll do the Bernie meme. I am once again asking how William Eklund fell to seventh. It, I, he could literally be the best player out of this draft. So you, I don't care. You mentioned the idea of the slide. Do you mm. think he stays then? Because for me, if he doesn't, that's a huge impact to their lineup that um, yeah. I don't think they can replace. I mean, you'd be looking. Barabanov is the only one who's like out on the outside right now. I was going to say, like, injury. obviously, like Evander Kane's out right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you'd have like Barabanov. I mean, I don't think I don't know if former Canucks pick Jonah Gajevich. He he's not even close to the same type of player. So it's mm-hmm. like, would you take another shot with like Dylan Gambrell or John Leonard or Noah Gregor? Like those are the yeah. type of guys. Jochen Blickfeld. Like those would be the type of guys you'd be looking at to step into this lineup to replace him. But you are right in that. Well, the Sharks have some money concerns. Where, I mean, you'd have to get him presumably at the end of those three years, you would then need him to take a more team-friendly deal because when, I'm looking at it right now, when he's an RFA, which is after the 2024 season, so 24-25, you still have, I do believe, at least, goodness, three, four more years of Logan Couture. I think it's three more years of Logan Couture at $8 million. <laughs> Uh, you still have three more years of Eric Carlson at 11 and a half, one more year of Burns at 8 million, and two more years of Vlasic at seven. Mm-hmm. So those big contracts that are still there are still going to be there if you don't have an ELC slide on William Eklund. And also consider by that point, if you keep around LeBanc, he'll have to be on another contract with the way he's playing this year. Could be around that seven plus range by that point. Uh, um, Timo Meyer as well is on a bit of a mid bridge deal. I think he's got another couple years at around six. Um, he'll need to be better. He, I, I think he's going to be around that seven, maybe even six to seven mark. Uh, depend. I don't know. He's playing first line. He has like four or five points already. I can't remember. I, everyone, it's kind of crazy. We talked about it in the Pacific preview. It's like all these things need to fall in place for the Sharks to do well in these first three games. They've all kind of felt fallen in place, and I, I'm waiting for the bottom to fall out. I don't trust it yet. Um, except LeBanc looks like Ovechkin on the power play. His one timer is fucking crazy. I'm like, where, like, where the hell was this? It's kind of insane. But yeah, it's those money issues. Yeah, it's just kind of compounded by the fact of those are two other guys that you've said these are going to be part of the core who are going to have to get signed between now and then. And again, yeah, and if you're going to keep around Hurdle too. Which they should. Probably ask they should. Uh, yeah. and, but a big thing about that is what the fuck are they going to do with Kane? Because a big part of Hurdle not wanting to leave is he does not appreciate Evander Kane. And they he doesn't like how he... void mm-hmm. his contract right now for whatever no, reason. Unless 
Yeah, I unless they can, you know, like we mentioned, I think in the last one, maybe the Tony D'Angelo situation, mutual termination, mm. uh, send, just send him home. Or if they figure out by some miracle a way to trade him. Well, that's uh, the thing, right? I that's think, not yeah. likely. I mean, like how you how you move that? They got to do something in regards yeah, to, to that. Kane deal has to go. And preferably, would you not think the Mark Edward Vlasic deal as well? Like Vlasic or Burnsy? Yeah, here's the thing. Vlasic's right now playing on the third pairing. At he's 7 been million. pushed. Yeah, he's been pushed down. Now, granted, he looks great down there, mm. but you don't want a sheltered minute guy making $7 million. That's not great. The thing is, maybe you increase his value by getting him these good stats with these good analytics, good numbers, and having these solid performances, and a team says, oh, we could use him in that top four. Mm. <sighs> Tough call. I think he has some kind of limited... No move. Anyway, yeah. Glad to have you on this show because I think the Sharks are one of the more interesting teams to watch. Um, we'll move on. Uh, the Florida Panthers are a perfect 4-0. and Speaking of interesting teams, yeah. A yeah. perfect 4-0 and for the first time in team history. They beat Colorado 4-1. to uh, Sam Bennett watch, as I'm calling it. Uh, he now has four goals on the season. Carter Verhage has three. And uh, as much as one can wax poetic about uh, one William Eklund, Anton Lindell. Scored his second goal. Uh, he had, granted, he didn't score on this specific chance, but he had a moment in this game where he stripped Kale uh, McCarr of the puck on like a, a, a it's a frustrating play in ESHL, but it was like a perfect stick lift from behind as they uh, had just come over the goal line and he was able to fire a puck towards net. Uh, Anton Liddell might, it's basically as if now they have two Barkoffs. Like, they are likely, with Lundell and Barkoff, they essentially have two guys who could be Selkie candidates every single year, it seems. The Florida Panthers are scary. as yes. uh, And I think Endo would agree as, as someone else who, who roots for a team in the same division. Yeah, 100%. They're looking... They're definitely going to be a threat. Uh, they're a lot big more of a threat, I think, than what I thought they would be. Considering now that we're back in proper divisions, uh, back back conference, sorry conferences and everything. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting season for sure. Uh, they're off to a really hot start, and hopefully for their sake, uh, it stays that way so they can have full arenas. I wanna, I wanna see a full arena for Florida in a home game because I don't think that's happened in a long time. It would have happened last year. Uh, yeah, had it not been for COVID and everything, like, it's just like the Coyotes, and it's funny because I wasn't going to bring this up because it's it's kind of obvious. But Wayne Gretzky was quoted uh, in saying when asked the question about you know, hey, where would the new teams want to be, and it kind of led to that conversation again of like, oh, if you were to have new teams and relocation, where would it go? And of course, he went with the typical uh, Houston, Kansas City, and Quebec City, right? Which is which makes sense. But of course, people always then in the comments are like, well, what about if you move the Coyotes? What about if you move the Panthers? And again, like the Panthers especially are going nowhere. Like that is mm. dead. It, that conversation is completely dead. And the only reason the Coyotes conversation exists is because, of course, the uncertainty over their stadium. I can't help but think they're not moving either. Um, yeah, now the Panthers are set up very, very well. And I think, you know, uh, come this April when they're a playoff team, uh, yeah, we're we're gonna see some full some full buildings there, especially if we get Tampa and Florida in the playoffs again. God, I want it. That would be fantastic. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, Washington to speak. Go ahead. Okay. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say to speak on the other team involved in that matchup as good as Florida has been. We gotta wonder what is happening to Colorado early on. One and three start. 
for the team that, you know, supposedly having more and more cup aspirations who faced off in the not no the second round against Vegas and kind of fell apart after the first two games, like a rough start for them. I, you know, I don't know. I just want to, I'm kind of wondering when is it going to be time to panic for the avalanche? When is it going to be kind of time to make some moves? Because it's, again, it's very, very early, but they're having trouble getting past that second round with the the amount of talent they have. And it's uh, reminding me a little bit of uh, prime jumbo sharks. Because they got McKinnon, who is unreal. McKinnon yeah. did miss the first two games of the year. Yeah. Uh, they've also That's been without Devon Taves on the blue line. And uh, biggest reason, Darcy Kemper has an 890 in three games. Yeah. So not he, he's, he's not the hottest start to fitting in with the new team there. Uh, yeah. It's the best way to view it. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. It's week one. Like I said, like... Uh, Give it, give it two, three weeks. I think they'll yeah. be better. It just shows that like some teams' depth isn't really as much as you think it was with these guys being. I always thought they were really deep. The kind yeah. of halves, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to be missing McKinnon though for sure. Mm-hmm, completely. Washington's three zero and one. They handed New Jersey their first loss of the year. Uh, worth noting for the Caps. Shout out to Ducks legend Daniel Sprong, uh, who's <laughs> looking pretty good. Evgeny Kuznetsov has three goals on the season already, and uh, yeah, needless to say, those trade talks have quieted down a little bit. And we got the update on Jack Hughes that it was a separated shoulder, but no surgery required. He'll be out for at least a week, and they'll see from there. So from good news for the Devils, I mean, obviously handed their first loss of the year, that is what it is. Uh, But the Caps, again, strong start at 3-0-1, yet to lose in regulation for a team where every... uh, Every preseason, people continue to try to pre-rate their obituary, and uh, they're still yep. just as competitive as ever. Yeah, I hear a lot of, I obviously listen to a lot of podcasts on my own, and I hear a lot of people writing off the caps and saying, oh, they're done. They're too old. Oh, you know, Their entire core is over 30, and but they just, you know, they're still, com- they're, they're a great team and kind of a dangerous team now, I think even more so, is that people are writing them off. Um, people are kind of saying, yeah, they, okay, they can kind of come out of nowhere and they still have a, an amazing amount of offensive talent. And clearly defense has been working for them as well with that 4-1 victory over the Devils. But yeah, I mean, if you the, the team with Ovi on it can't take lightly. And yeah, I, we'll see. I don't think, I don't think they're even close to done. Yeah, no, I do very, very much agree. The Columbus Blue Jackets. Now three and one after beating the New York Islanders, who are down to one, two and one. So a rough start for the Islanders too. It's again, that's why we don't overreact. It's a common theme. Except if you're the Habs, lol. Um, Cole Sillinger <laughs> scored his first goal because again, this rookie race is insane. And Patrick Laine scored a fantastic overtime winner, which I know Endo very much appreciated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he fin- Endo he finally looks like he's fitting in basically yeah. on on Columbus and. That's a scary thing for everybody else if Patrick Line can kind of finally get his feet underneath him and actually get back to doing what he does best, which is scoring goals better than the vast majority, the vast majority of people in the league. Definitely. Yeah, yeah it's it's once he's finally found his groove in, he's getting more comfortable. He's playing in a role he thinks he he's playing in a role that I think he deserves to be in. 
uh, and he's finally being utilized properly, which I don't think he was really used that well with Torts. Mm. And I think this is definitely uh, a good a good position for him to succeed. Uh, we'll see how it goes with the rest of the season. So far, OT OT winner. That's good. The Calgary Flames beat the Detroit Red Wings three to nothing. A thirty three save shutout for Mister Jacob Markstrom. Uh, boys, turned out uh, the Red Wings could have could have used a, a Tyler Bertuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought they really could have used Tyler Bertuzzi uh, on that night? In fairness, it was uh, it was in Detroit, but God, no, it would have been great. You know, hey, you, you lose to a Canadian team if it was in Canada, it would have been great. But yeah, no, and end of the day, uh, yeah, I mean, hey, the Red Wings being two uh, two zero and one, I believe, to start the season. Not a bad way to go, but uh, first one of the year for Calgary, so they're getting some momentum. Uh, the Rangers beat Nashville three to one, which is what it is. The only notable point I had there was that Philip Tomasino, another ridiculous rookie, he got the goal for Nashville. Seriously, this Calder race is absurd. So many, there's so it's many. Ridiculous. It's just like one solid candidate per team. It feels like it's it's yeah. kind of unreal. It, it it is essentially to that point. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets got their first win of the season over Anaheim. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Andrew Kopp both have three goals already. And uh, Kyle Connor has five. So maybe a quiet wow. shout for someone competing in the Rocket Richard race uh, is Kyle Connor. Not the only Canadian Connor that's going to be in that conversation, as it turns out. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll save the, the game I had marked down as nine for last, because why not? We'll, we'll beat one more dead horse before ending the show. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, speaking of Canadian Connors, uh, they're now 4-0. They beat the Coyotes, who are 0-3-1. Uh, Dyson Mayo, who has one of the best names in the NHL, uh, he scored his first goal for the Coyotes. And Connor McDavid is now up to six goals in four games. He has passed over 200 in his career, and he is on pace for over 220 points, I do believe. What's yeah. the stat that I'd seen? Does, I say he does it. Does Connor <laughs> McDavid hit 150 points? Or is that a bit too much? 125 guarantee, guarantee think, yeah. 125. I um, think that's but I, I, I don't think it's out of the question for him to hit 150. In fact, I don't think it's out of the question for McDavid to win all the major scoring trophies this year. Like Art Ross, Maurice Richard, even. Um, again, with someone like Matthews, it's going to be tough. With someone like Lina coming up, it's going to be tough. And you even yeah. mentioned maybe Connor is going to make some kind of a stealthy run for it. Mm. But still, six goals in four games. We. T- <laughs> He talked about it. He's like, yeah, I want to work on my one-timer. He scored, you know, insane power play goals, you know, with the one-timer. It's like he keeps getting better and better and better, and it's it's getting to a point where it's absolutely scary, but it's also awesome because we get to witness, you know, a literal generational talent, perhaps one of, you know, well, I mean, no question, one of the best players to ever play the game. And, I mean, what he's doing so far, he, he just doesn't have an off switch. And the fact that he's doing it with the limited help he has is unreal. Like I, I'm, agree, I'm agree with that too. He, he's only 24. Like he's only 24. He's a year older. He hasn't than me. hit his prime. Like what? yeah, not at all. Like it's, it's it's ridiculous. And like you said, Sin. Like if he had that support from the beginning, this team would have been. Oh my God, the Oilers would have been scary. But management's got a management and. Do what they feel is best, with, especially with cost getting in that contract. Oh, lordy, that was terrible. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think I think he gets it. I think 
I think he definitely gets it or gets really close this year. 100%. All it took was putting him on a line with Zach Hyman. But also, yes, he pulled And it made mm-hmm. me think of, hey, remember kid. when pulled was like, I'm not going back to Edmonton? Yeah. Because they wouldn't play him, at least where they wanted to play him. It turns out, yeah, just put him with Connor McDavid. Good things can happen. Who yeah, pool thought, party. Who would have thought <laughs> that putting a fourth overall pick next to Connor McDavid could result in some good out, uh, some good outcomes? Who would have thought? Yeah, that was, that was yeah. such an interesting draft. Him and him and Line, you know, were kind of. They were almost being compared very similarly. You're perhaps Puliyarvi, obviously not the goal scoring touch, but I remember very from that draft. They're like, oh, Line A, Puliyarvi, they're almost interchangeable. What kind of player do mm. you want? And he was just he, he didn't have an easy road. I'm glad he's there. I'm glad they were able to sort of mend some of those fences. Um, and he's a tremendous personality too. And you need those type of positive personalities in in your locker room and he's one of those he kind of reminds me of a Tomas Hurdle obviously you know different sort of in a different way but Oilers got a good one in him that 2016 draft it was obviously Matthews at the top then Line A and then Pierre-Luc Dubois imagine though if the Oilers had had like the second pick oh my god and ended up with Patrick Line A to be right next to Carl McDavid this whole time (laughs) Oh my god! But it's working. Uh, well, would, I mean, he be, would, he be, would he be next to him? <laughs> yeah, no, he'd be. He'd be on the second. Uh, he'd be on the second yeah. line with like Kyle Turris in the center nuge. or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> god. Oh. Uh, and the last game we want to talk about here: uh, the Vancouver Canucks beat the Chicago Blackhawks four to one. The Blackhawks are oh four and one to start the season. They have not led for a single minute. Not a single minute. The Hawks have not had a lead. This season, uh, and in this game, Quinn Hughes became the fastest defender in the last 28 years to hit 100 career points. He did it in 133 games. Number one on that list is Brian Leach, who did it in 102. Uh, But uh, Kale McCarr is going to pass the pace from Quinn Hughes. Again, Quinn, 100 points in 133 games. Uh, Kale McCarr has 95 points in 104 games. So yeah. unless Kale McCarr goes on this massive drought, uh, it'll edge Quinn Hughes in that regard. But the Canucks are looking okay. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks are absolutely tragic. Uh, they got booed off of home ice in a game that was celebrating, I believe, Patrick Kane's 1,000th uh, appearance. Jeez, already. Oof. Oh, yeah, 1,000 games already for Patrick Kane. Yeah. As absurd Jeez. as that is. But, yeah. No, it's... Uh, it's rough. I mean, right now, you look at the bottom of the um, Central Division. It's Arizona, who have eight goals in four games, 22 allowed. Uh, Chicago has nine goals in five games with 21 allowed. So you're talking about a Chicago team that is likely at the same goal-scoring pace, if not worse, than the Arizona Coyotes. I, I didn't imagine them to be as good of a team as some people were predicting this year. But my God, is that offense just tragic? It's through five yeah. games, but holy hell, tragic! Feel like calling out, feel like calling out. Don't be sod there a little bit with his uh, post when he when he's looking at the line. He's like, I kind of like this team. This team could make the playoffs. <laughs> I, I, I swear, I wasn't remember that. that? <laughs> I don't blame oh, him for okay, being okay. optimistic, though. Well, I don't blame him do for I. being a little good. bit optimistic. But, like, if you're a Hawks fan, you enter this season with the idea that. Okay, Taves is back, and obviously we have to hope for the best with Seth Jones. Like, that is naturally where you were going to go. And then Marc-Andre Fleury's there. 
you were bound to have optimism. I am surprised they are this bad. Like, mm-hmm. there were some people stating, and Saad might have been one of them, that's fine, but there were some people stating, oh, yeah, look at that Western, uh, Western Conference Central Division. And, uh, well, I mean... You got Colorado, and then who knows? Maybe Chicago too. And I'm like, are you are you fucking insane? And at least through five games, my opinion turned out to be correct. We'll see if it stays yeah. that way. We still got a long way to go, but yeah, woof. Yeah, their depth was my biggest worry, and well, I mean that's bad, but yeah, no, <laughs> the rest of the team it doesn't look good. Doug. I worry for them, and I mean at this point. I hear I hear rumblings of oh is this the coaches is he going to get fired pretty soon? He's not the issue. You have to look to Bowman at this point. You mm-hmm. have to for your own team's sake. Ugh, I don't get it. <sighs> I don't either. So with that, everybody, I think we'll bring this show to a close again. A bit of a shorter episode this time out, although not really because we jam packed it full of viewer questions. So, hey, it's still. Uh... Still ended up getting there. Hopefully we'll have a little bit more to talk about throughout the weekend. Uh, highlighted by the fact that the Seattle Kraken will finally have their home opener against the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday. Uh, obviously not a must-win game, but a win in that game against Vancouver gets a lot of that early season negativity and nerves out of the way and could set them on a better path. So very much looking forward uh, to that game ahead. Gentlemen, good stuff. We'll be back on Monday, special Monday episode as mentioned. Um, and yeah, hey, Endo, plug your shit. That way I don't step over myself and make a mistake and then have sin correct me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Endo. Uh, I have uh, this show that I love to do with my two good com- com- compadres. Friends, uh, to begin soon. Um, I also stream on Twitch uh, at Endo Mills. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Endo Mills. I'm on Facebook at Endo Mills. No, not Facebook. Uh, I have <laughs> I have an OnlyFans at Endo, at Endo Mills. That's not a joke. I legit have one. It's just kind of there. Nothing's on there. Don't expect anything. No, no feet pics. Um, yeah, that's what I do. I yes, think feet pics. You're not, get, you're not getting any feet pits, Doogie. No, none. None of them. You'll get like maybe a, like a nail. That's it. I won't tell you what nail, though. It'll be the one from the drywall that I put in on this wall. There you go. Hey, it's, it's a nail pick. So, Sin. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SinFTWProd, uh, on YouTube at SinFTWProductions, as well as on Twitch. Under that same tag. Sin for the win. Sometimes I'm good at hockey. Hey, be a pro extraordinaire. Watch him try to coach us to victory when things are going <laughs> poorly in EASHL because otherwise he'd rage like I do and he's clearly doing a much better job of, uh, of anger management. Uh, <laughs> the name of the episode I'm title is now Goose <laughs> <laughs> Go watch Anger Management. It's not a very good movie, but Jack Nicholson's in it. And celebrate Jack Nicholson while he's still with us. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Jack Nicholson is the alternative <laughs> title for this show. What will we go with? Who's to oh say? my God. No. He's going to come no. at you like, I don't appreciate you guys telling people I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you Monday, everybody. <laughs>